Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Of course, I am Michael Sherlock, your host. And again, we are talking with people who really embrace the concept of mindfulness and use it to enhance their skill set and the skill sets of others. And I'm very excited to introduce my next guest, Wyman Winbush. I almost screwed that up. Look, I was going to call you Wyman Winebush, which I, you know, that would probably be great too. But he has over 30 years speaking and training experience. He's a certified life coach and his background is phenomenal. First of all, you want to talk about uh, working for some companies that are at the peak of everything? He's got it. But what I really am excited to talk about is how he has bridged, you know, all that he does and working with individuals as well as companies to really center on what impact mindfulness and meditation can have on anybody's personal and professional lives. So first of all, Wyman, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, really excited about the opportunity to chat over the next uh, 30 minutes or so. I am too. And it's always funny before we hit record, you know, when we get to visit and talk and get to know each other a little bit more. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, we have so much to talk about and so many questions and it goes really fast. So first tell us, you know, tell my listeners and viewers just a little bit about your background. What do you think is important for us to know about you? Well, I have a uh, fairly eclectic background as you uh, kind of alluded to. I always tell people we see life through the lenses through which we've experienced life and we hear life through the filters through which we live life. And it's important for me to share people, share with you what my background is or anyone that I address because my background is somewhat unique in many ways. I'm a uh, former Navy helicopter pilot. I did uh, served 30 years in the Navy, eight active and uh, 22 as a reservist. I retired as a captain in uh, 2012, so I have 30 there. Right before, right after I got married, uh, I joined IBM. So I'm in my 30th year marriage. I had uh, three kids. My wife was uh, Rosemary. And um, by that, I also have 30 years in IBM. So I have 30, 30, 30. I'm in the 30, 30, 30 club. I was going to say 30 is your lucky number. My goodness. Yes. And I'm still working for IBM. I'm going to my 31st year now. And I also have 24 years as a... um, licensed ordained uh, minister at my church. I'm the pastor of men at my church. So you can see 
the lens through which I see life, it comes through that of a military veteran, through a father, through a husband, through a technologist, 30 years in technology field, and then theology. So I'm also a, con not necessarily a connoisseur, but I have a huge appetite for wisdom. I just love gathering wisdom. And so uh, as I speak, I'm known as the wisdom broker, uh, someone who uh, ties the knot between theology, technology, and philosophy, so you don't have to. So oh my goodness. I leverage all those experiences to solve problems and uh, help come up with ideas. I love that. I mean, just really pulling it all together because, you know, of everything you said, it's just such a great reminder of how many parts of our lives may look different, but we can always find a common thread to pull between them that holds us together. And, and you're doing that, you know, through wisdom and you're, but you're seeing it in each of those pieces of your life, but you don't see them as pieces of your life. You see them as part of the whole. I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's a, it's been a wonderful journey, uh, if you would. And just as, you know, when people pull a board of directors together, they usually like to have directors from diverse backgrounds because they bring a diverse perspective. But every now and then you're blessed to live a life that gives you some diversity in and of itself. And so as I come to the table, I can bring uh, diversity and perspective of a naval aviator and a pastor and a technologist and a husband and just someone who loves life. So I am that self-professed, um, you know, polymath, someone who can't <laughs> figure out what they want to do when they grow up, but it yes. has been quite an adventure and I'm enjoying life. I also call that a Renaissance man. You know, you're like, I've got a little bit of everything in the back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what attracted you? I'm, I'm going to make some assumptions, but I'm not going to put them out that loud there, especially know, when I know about your background, um, you know, in theology as well. But, you know, what attracted you first to mindfulness and, and how have you used it, you know, to help your own potential and the potential of others around you? Well, there's, it, it keeps, it's one of those things that surfaces in a lot of books that you read about successful people the intentionality of their being. Um, in the book, Think and Grow Rich, you know, Napoleon Hill talks about being mindful. He talks about a money consciousness, being mindful of the value you bring into the marketplace. You know, one of the things he says, if you don't understand your value, you'll always sell your uh, benefits at a discount. Yes. And so <laughs> if, you're, if you're not, mindful of the fact that opportunity exists, you will miss it. So he says in the book, think about it, the title, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. Think and Grow Rich. I mean, doesn't that make you want to grab that book off the shelf? Think and Grow yeah. Rich. And he's I saying, if you I want think to think there. and grow rich, you need to have a mindset that is conscious of the components that go into accumulating wealth, a mindfulness. Um, even from the spiritual side, when I, when I, uh, um, with the gods, regardless of whether you um, go to church regularly or faithfully or not, being mindful of the fact that there's someone bigger than you on your side changes everything. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we go without, we miss ideas, we uh, become over anxious because we simply forget that there's someone bigger than you on your side. Yes. Even without the spirituality. If you think, uh, Michael, how many people are in your ecosystem that are cheering for you, pulling mm -hmm. for you, 
are waiting to celebrate your next victory, if you're mindful of that, that alone will have you walking two inches taller than you would if you don't. That's so true. And, and all of us have at least one person, and many of us have a lot of people like that, that are, are, are cheering us on. And so in those moments when you feel down, what a, what a way to look at it. Okay, I just need to stop for a minute and think about how many people love me and think I'm awesome. <laughs> yes, yes. And think, you know, mindfulness, right? Um, you know, in the coaching industry, you talk about limiting beliefs, right? Your mindset, that conversation between your ears, right? What if you, you know, you realize you can program your mind like an athlete uh, trains her body. Yes. You can train your mind to think and meditate on things that are conducive to victory and overcoming, right? And, and success, right? And just like an athlete, when it trains to do something over and over again, at some point, it, the athlete no longer has to think about it. Right. They do it as a, uh, almost as a subconscious response. So if you train your mind to be mindful of all the reasons why you succeed, all the training, all the attitude, all the victories you've locked up in the past, all, and that becomes your constant diet of self-talk, you position yourself to be more victorious going forward, as opposed to the person who all they think about is all the obstacles and all the reasons why they'll fail and the last time that they fail. Again, you can program your mind, right? Train your brain for success, just like an athlete trains their body for success. And it is that practice, which is another reason I love, you know, I hadn't thought about it. I always think about practice and in, in mindfulness and meditation because you're continuing to practice. You're never going to be perfect. And that's the whole thing is to accept its practice. But I love your perspective on this, that it's also the practice of, you know, just doing it because Michael Jordan, you know, just because he could hit three pointers, like nothing's there, didn't mean he got that just because he woke up that morning, you know, and had breakfast. He practiced to do that. Yes. If you don't yes. keep practicing, you can't keep at that high level. Yeah. I wish I still haven't watched the whole ESPN documentary on him, but I think I need to just because, you know, I think that's a great, great symbolism of how we all have to continue to try and make ourselves just that much better. Or even when we think we're in a great space to keep us in that great space. Yes. Yes. And that mindset, if you think about it, when you said practice to stay in that space, um, your, your brain is programmed for victory is what I say. It's programmed for success. How do you say Right. You know that there's a, a facet of your brain um, that, you know, scientists call your reticular activating system, RAS. And yep. RAS is simply the function in your brain that filters. It's actually selective bias, right? It will filter out things, everything except that which it is looking for. Exactly. So um, one of the phenomena uh, that we've all experienced is when we buy a new car, and as soon as we buy the make, the model, the color, when we drive off the lot, we notice all the other cars that are exactly like it. And it's not like, you know, God populated the earth with cars just like yours. It's just that at a subconscious level, your brain is now selectively filtering out everything other than the car you just bought. And all of a sudden, that, watch this, that which was not there appears. Yes. Imagine if you're intentional about making that work on your behalf. 
And now you intentionally want your brain to filter out every obstacle and instead show you every opportunity. And you'll find opportunities populating the earth, just like those cars that were always there, but you did not recognize because you were not focused. And when your meditation, the mindfulness piece comes in and you practice it, your brain gets better and better at filtering out the noise and allowing you to see opportunities that others will not see. Yes. That is a game changer and that is an advantage to people who practice it. I so agree. I I was just thinking, you know, of two things, two areas in my life that um, are personal related. You know, because I'm so a lot of times as as I'm talking about meditation and mindfulness, especially within my company, I'm talking about how it'll help you professionally because that's you know where my focus is. But two things since uh, in the last few months, one I've been listening to a meditation on exercising and embracing exercise. Now I've always liked to exercise, but I haven't always liked to run. And I know that where I am at my age and what's happening with my metabolism, I need to do more cardio. So I started doing this uh, visualization thing about, you know, getting excited about, you know, exercising. And you're supposed to think about the one exercise that you might not do. So I'm like, it's running. I can't wait to run. And I keep just saying these things. And then when we were first starting to run, my husband and I, again, you know, I'd see a hill and I go, oh, it's a hill. And then now I'm like, I love hills. And, you know, I kind of had to force myself like, I love hills. And now I'm like, there's a hill. I'm going to run it. (laughs) Yes. Like yeah. I'm going to tackle that hill. And the, the implications of that in the rest of my life are vast because then challenges, to your point, if you're always looking for challenges or the negatives, you will see them. If you're looking at those things as challenges to overcome, then you're going to find them and go, I can overcome that too. And that, and that. Yes, <laughs> yes. And the operative word, you said it several times, uh, I love or I am. We need to be very conscious, right? Mindful of what we say after I. Yes. I am a conqueror. I am an overcomer. I am a champion. I am persistent, right? I shall prevail. All those are affirmations. Yes. Right? And affirmations are important because it's something magical about a person hearing their own voice proclaim who they are. Yes. And that's why affirmations are so important. Again, going back to the book, Think and Grow Rich, the affirmation he recommends repeating them out loud three times a day. So you can hear what you're doing. I've had people introduce themselves in a corporate environment. And I'll say, introduce yourself. And but I tell them, don't just tell me what you do in, in the corporation. Tell me something that you're passionate about. And they were saying, well, I'm starting a real estate business or I'm starting a coaching business or I want to coach, right? And it was the first time they realized many of them, I could see them sitting taller as they went around because for many of them, it's the first time they had verbalized aloud the things that they truly were passionate about. It's something magical about it. And uh, I I love, uh, along with mindfulness and meditation, it should go hand in hand with affirmations. Mm-hmm. You need to decree and declare who you are, who you're becoming, and who you desire to become in the future. It's something yes. like announcing to the universe that you've arrived and the universe listens 
and you'll find, as it said, when you announce to the universe what you're striving to become, the universe uh, colludes, in other words, and brings all its resources to bring it to bear. And that's right. one of the things that uh, precepts a lot of people embrace with regards to the law of attraction. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And I, I think that, you know, it's funny because I've, I've just started taping a lot of these episodes. Again, it's, I took a hiatus from uh, doing the podcast for about a year. Wow. And um, so it's been <clears throat> such a joy to get back in and, and interviewing people with different specialties. But within this mindfulness um, practice, there's so many things that as I'm talking to people, I'm like, okay, what am I doing about that? What verbiage am I telling myself? What story am I creating? And how do I need to stop when it's not the right message or it's not the right story and, and reset myself? And if I look at myself, so I've been practicing mindfulness and meditation for about 10 years now, um, but really seriously for about seven, six or seven. Yes. But if I look at the Michael from 15 years ago, 10, uh, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I, I didn't have the ability then to stop myself and, and have that distance to say, what did you just say to yourself, even if you just said it here? Mm -hmm. What did you say by how you responded to that? You know, what story are you telling? And so I kept in stories. I mean, I still was successful and I was a happy person. So it's not like I, you know, became just, you know, bubbly and, yes. you know, all this overnight. But how much farther could I have gone had I made sure I was always speaking to myself and speaking to my, my potential yes. the way that would have fed my soul better? Yes, that's awesome. You know, um, I mentioned I'm working with the interns and I tell them uh, to, in a way, be mindful of your journey. I tell them to journal your journey. Yes. To journal your journey, take notes. And very often I meet with them every other week. I'll say, okay, over the last two weeks, what experience was most memorable? Follow up question, what did you learn about yourself over the last two weeks that you did not know? So it's a period of discovery. And I think yeah. if we're mindful of how we go through life, the journeys that we take, but not only that, but what we learn, what can we extract from this experience? Or when they sit down in a lecture, I ask them, hey, journal it, take notes. Why? For one thing, the dullest pencil is better than the sharpest mind when it comes to recovering things. <laughs> right? so you want to keep good notes, copious notes, but also yeah. keep an inventory of how you're growing personally. Because once you prime that pump and you start doing it as a 20, 20 year old, 21 year old, and someone's going to ask you every other week, what did you learn about yourself? Right? What experience, what wisdom can you extract from that last experience? Reflection and meditation and mindfulness is the only way you can extract every ounce of wisdom out of every experience. If you don't extract every ounce of wisdom, the wisdom will still come, but you'll have to experience something else <laughs> along, right? And also when you write it down in journal and when you discuss with other like-minded people, that's when the synergy comes in. As an old sailor, I always say, when the tide comes in, all boats in the basin rise. When you yeah. gather with people and they bring their collective wisdom to the table and you share, you leave three or four times as wise as you came in without having to experience it, right? So again, I tell people all the time, I'd rather find out the stove is hot by watching Michael burn her hand <laughs> and burn my own hand. 
Not that I would wish that on anyone, but you can extract wisdom from others' experiences if you have a mindset, if yes. you're intentional about doing so. Does yes. that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was thinking, you know, so I have my, uh, my journal that I write in every day. And it's, it's sometimes reflections and it's sometimes to-do lists and sometimes it's a great idea. And so it's, it's just constantly being filled. And I'm, I'm this close to the end of this one. Wow. And I have a whole stack of them. But when I, I'm actually getting really excited because after I fill one, then before I start the new one, I take a couple hours and I shut everything else off and I just go through it page by page. And I see... What do I want to read about myself again? Was there a to-do list that I forgot that I need to still do? Do I have a to-do that I didn't need or already did? You know, and I, and I take that time to go back and just look and see who the Michael was through all these pages because she's evolving constantly. And it's, it's sometimes to say, oh, I, sh I need to remember that. And it's other times to say, wow, you really learned something or let that go. You don't need that. But it, yes. yeah, it was a great idea at the moment or a great feeling at the moment, but let it go. And yeah. it's, it's a sense of real closure and progress when I then open the next one and start writing in it. Yes. And like I said, even with the 20 somethings I'm working with, they're discovering the wisdom and the power of journaling. Because what you just said, if you look at that big book, what we re remember or must recognize our brain is one powerful instrument. It's capable of creating many more ideas, extracting many more nuggets of wisdom than we can actually remember or recall. Mm -hmm. That's why writing it down is so important because once it's captured, we can go back and read it as you mentioned, and we yes. can see if there's any patterns. And goodness, you know, we learn from both our mistakes and our victories and the mistakes and victories of others. And again, you know, I mentioned I love wisdom. Uh, and, and if you're mindful of, a, of it, you become more wise, just as if you're mindful of money, if you have a money consciousness, you're more likely to become wealthy. If you're health conscious, you're more likely to be healthy. If yes. you're relationship conscious, your relationship will be better. Being mindful of what you want to become and who you are is half the battle. That is so, that's so poignant. You know, when in each of those areas of our lives that are important, when yes. we're mindful of them, then they, then they rise. And when we're not, we know, you know, then there's, there's repercussions to that without a doubt. Yes. Yes. You're a very wise man, Wyman. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so Wyman, tell me when, when you meet people and they say, okay, that sounds great, Wyman. Uh, but, you know, I've tried that mindfulness thing. I've tried that meditation thing. I've tried it. It doesn't work for me, but good luck with you. What, what do you say to them? I tell you, it's a very interesting question. And I would probably say, you know, I beg to differ. As a matter of fact, you're very good at meditating. You've meditated on all the reasons why you can't meditate. So much so that you believe it and are saying it with absolute conviction. And if you would just transmute or transform that negative energy with all the reasons why you can't to positive energy with regards to all the reasons why you can, it won't be long before you come up with an equally compelling reasons, right? Why you can meditate. And then it's up to you what you meditate on. 
right? And so uh, congratulations, you're very good at meditating because you did not hesitate to tell me why you can't. That's what you I thought about. That. And watch this, the law of attraction, because that's what you thought about, you have collected over the years anecdotes and reasons and justification to back up your cause. That's where that reticular activating system comes in. It filters out anything contrary to your core belief that you can't meditate. And I'm telling you right now that if you just flip the script and intentionally beginning with uh, affirmations, wake up in the morning, I'm on my way to becoming a master meditator, right? And being more mindful. I'm more mindful today than I was yesterday. I'm more mindful today than I was yesterday. If you string enough of those days together, you at some point become a mindful meditator. Wow, that is such a great response. That is so fantastic. (laughs) I have never looked at it from that perspective and that is great. And it's so true to everything we've been saying about where your focus is. is, is, is where your reality is. It is. It is. I remember um, in the book um, by Robert Kiyosaki, right? Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? One of the things he says is not how much money you make, it's your attitude towards the money you make. Yes. Right? And, and uh, case in point, this is a great illustration. I use it with young people because they're big Starbucks fans. And you know, you cannot get out of Starbucks without dropping at least five bucks. Exactly. So I asked the question, how many of you think you could save five bucks a day? I don't care whether it's Starbucks, a half a meal or whatever. Everybody raises their hand. I say, okay, did you know that if you invested five bucks a day into an index fund tied to the stock market, the stock market has grown about 8.2, 8.5% recession, depression, boom, bust, average, 8.2 to 8.5 in the right direction. If you did that over 30 years, at the end of those 30 years, you have about a quarter of a million dollars. You have a quarter of a million dollars Starbucks habit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> a quarter of a million dollar Happy Meal habit. But if you're not mindful about your money, if you don't have a money consciousness, the thought never occurs to you. Yes. And if the thought never occurs to you, in other words, you're not mindful of it, you can't take advantage, watch this, of an opportunity that others will never see. You are so wise. I want to just, I want to become your uh, your apprentice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, wisdom is available to everybody. You know that, right? And we're all wise, right? So one of the things I share with these uh, young people, again, I said, in order to be great in sales, I believe you have to have an insatiable appetite for learning. Yes. And to be successful, period. I think that uh, applies to every vocation. And I tell them, every situation you're in is both a potential classroom and lesson to be learned. And everyone you meet is both a potential student and teacher. Yes. So it takes some confidence to know and realize that no matter how old or young someone is, there's something that you can teach them. And it takes extreme sense of humility to understand no matter how old or young, somebody has something that they can teach you. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's, that's been one of the joys I've been uh, interviewing uh, dozens of millennials. And I, the reason I started interviewing them was because I was in a meeting last November 
and everyone in this room was complaining about millennials, except for they didn't realize that, you know, looking around the room, eight or nine of them that were in the room were quiet because they're all millennials. And yeah. I thought, this is crazy. Why are we making assumptions? So I said, I, I just want to have conversations with you and I want to learn about, you know, where are our preconceived notions and what's right and what's wrong. And just the dialogue, just people's response to me saying, thank you for asking the question. Yes. Let me tell you my thoughts. And it's it's just been wonderful to say, to, you know, just have another data point to realize that we are all so very similar. Yes. It doesn't You're matter our... Right. Yeah, it doesn't matter our age or our, you know, our, our generation or our gender or our ethnicity. It's, we are all so similar as long as we're willing to listen and talk and learn and ask questions. Yes, yes. And uh, I've, I've posted, matter of fact, I posted uh, something on an NSA page the other day about with all the dialogue going on on social media about all the things going on in the country right now, mm-hmm. I reminded people that a deaf ear a defensive ear cannot hear. Yeah. A defensive ear cannot hear. Yeah. And here's a litmus test. When you share and convey your convictions and beliefs to someone and they say, but before they say, I understand, they're listening with a a defensive ear and they really didn't hear you. Oh, so true. Because all they were doing was trying to figure out how to make you point you out wrong so that they could get their point in. Yeah, they're listening with a defensive ear. They're listening to defend their position yeah. instead of understand yours. Remember, you cannot empathize with the person. In other words, relationships are cut, have a feet cut on the, uh, up from underneath them when you uh, have um, when you cannot empathize with them. Yes, empathy is a key component of emotional intelligence, as you know. Right? Empathy is also an essential element of a leader's ability to connect with the people that they are in fact leading. So if you can't understand a person, you can't empathize with them. And if you can't empathize with them, your ability to lead them is marginalized. Amen. Right. And so we've got to be better listeners. And by the way, just because I understand you and empathize with you doesn't mean I agree with you. Exactly. Exactly. It just means I hear you and I yes. respect that you have an opinion and it might be different than mine. Right. And oh, by the way, Michael, what do people do when they don't feel like if I started talking like this, right? And, and right. Eventually I'm going to start yelling. Yes. When people feel they're not being heard, yeah, they start yelling, and how that yelling manifests comes in different ways. Ah, so as true. leaders, we need to be uh, cognizant of that to make sure that we hear people before they start yelling. Very before good. They disrupt our business before they become the disgruntled employee, before they're the customer that's leaving. Yes. You know that's how customers leave, right? Right. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, that's how they yell, I should say. That's how customers yell yeah. when yeah, you don't see like, them anymore. They're gone. Right. right. It's a very silent yell, but it's yes. powerful. Yes. Oh, God, we could talk all day long. All right. So we're nearing the end here, and I really could talk all day long. So I uh, two things. We'll have all of your contact information, bio and everything in the show notes. But for anybody who needs to find you right now because they're too anxious to, to wait for the show notes, how do they find you? 
Yes, you can find me. I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn, right? So it's Wyman Winbush on LinkedIn. I'm at uh, the website Kairos International, right? Um, K-A-I-R-O-S-I-N-T-E-N-T-I-A-L, kairosinternational.com. You'll find us there. I'm also on uh, Facebook by the same name. So um, you can also find us at uh, Call to Excel, right? Call to Excellence. Dot com C-A-L-L-E-D, the number two, E-X-C-E-L-L-E-N-C-E, calltoexcellence.com. So I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to see you, connect with you on uh, LinkedIn, and I would love to follow you. So uh, connect with me so I can follow you, because the folks, Michael, that you speak with and interview on in your podcast are absolutely fabulous. And Thank so, you very and I love what Jim Rohn says, watch this. Uh, if you show me the five people you hang out with the most, I'll show you your future. Now, that includes virtually. Yes. So we should take inventory who we follow on social media. I agree. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wyman, it has been such a pleasure. Before we leave, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Yes. Live every day with excitement and expecting to learn something new and expecting to give some knowledge and part knowledge to others. It's give and take, but you can never uh, give more than you'll take away. I love it. Amen. I feel like an amen in here. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Wyman, thank you so much. It has been such an absolute pleasure and I look so forward to keeping in touch with you. Let's do it. I look forward to the next uh, conversation. Thanks, thank Michael. You. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.